Good morning, church. Uh, again, we miss you very greatly. I cannot wait to get back together and hug and just face-to-face -face tell you how much we love you and miss you. This is the first time in our whole ministry that we've ever experienced something like this. And being um, saved at five years old, and a matter of fact, at birth, I was in church from the days I was born until now. So this is a new thing for Gary and I. We've talked about it several times, how that literally probably on our one hand, we could count how many times we've ever missed church. And so it's amazing that we're experiencing um, this now. And again, we're just missing you. I just wanted to, I feel led to just tell you about just a short testimony of when I was five years old, I remember asking Christ into my life, and it was through a song, um, Into My Heart. It's an old hymn, and it just was into my heart, into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Come in today, come in to stay, come into my heart, I pray. The day that I did that, I remember understanding his love for me. I didn't know every detail about what the blood meant, what the cross was really, truly all about. And I'm 50 plus now, and I still don't know everything. But I was thinking about, has there been times in my walk with Jesus that I've been scared? I'm going to tell you yes. I remember one time, very, like a year worth of just, very deep fear. It was the strangest thing. I had walked with Jesus for almost 40 years, and all of a sudden, I got this fear, anxiety, etc., come into my life. But I'm going to tell you the anecdote that I had at that time. I ran, ran to the Word of God, and I stuck with people that fed life into me. And I want to read, it says um, in the Bible, there's a great, um, I believe it's Peter, I don't know. The Bible is a lamp. It's shining in a dark place. And once we trust him, Christ becomes our morning star. He shines in our hearts. And I, I may experience fear again, I don't know. But as, as of today, God has given such a peace and a joy. He has shown me, taken me through that dark time to understand today that even if I do go through that, he's going to be there. So this morning, we need him more than ever. The whole world needs him. And we're going to sing about that today. So if you want to stand in your home, if you want to sit, whatever you would like to do, please join us joyfully and trusting, maybe even leaning on our faith. Maybe yours is feeling weak and scary, but today you can trust him and we will help you walk through that. We love you. Enjoy.
Heavenly Father, we come before you at this time needing to hear from you, needing to know your truths that will help us today, that will help us tomorrow. So through the Holy Spirit, Father, enlighten us, plant those seeds of truth in our heart that may bring forth fruit into doing the right thing and having the right response to all that is happening in our life at this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. Please turn into your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Last Friday night, my wife and I were sitting on our deck watching the sunset. We watched it slowly slip over the horizon, and the last rays of sunlight slowly faded away. And we felt the darkness cover the land. And as we sit here today, we hear of news of things that are getting darker, they're getting worse. We see what was a normal way of life slowly slip away. And we may even feel that darkness is taking over. Today, I want to give you some truths that will give you hope as we face the current crisis. Let's read what the Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 7. And our hope for you is firm, because we know that just as you share in our suffering, so also you share in our comfort. Now, there are three key words that we need to circle in this verse that I want to draw attention to. The words hope, firm, and know. Here's what Paul's saying. Our, our hope is firm because we know. God is saying what you know gives you hope, and you become unshaken, steadfast, and firm. You have an unmovable faith, a crisis that doesn't smother your joy. Health issues don't rob you of peace. What you know can make you steadfast. But this is important. What we know gets us through. What we know gives us hope. Now, what does God's word tell us in what we should know in the face of a crisis in our lives? Here are four things you and I need to know to face the crisis that come into our world. Number one, we know this too will pass. You should say that out loud. This too will pass. It may not feel like it will. We may not observe that it is passing. This isn't about what we are feeling with what we are seeing, it is about what we know. It didn't come to stay, it came to pass. It's not going to last. Soon it will pass. My friend, we want you to know that you're not alone. God loves you, and he is here for you, and he will be with you. We will face this crisis together. You will not face this crisis alone. 
We will trust God together, and he will see us through. Like what Peter said, listen to this, in 1 Peter 4.12. Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through, as if something strange were happening to you. Don't be surprised. Shock. We have a crisis. There are bad times in our life. The journey of life has days that are sunny and beautiful. We also have days that the rain comes. The storms blow through. You know, we're certainly not shocked or surprised when the weatherman forecasts that it's going to rain. They're part of life. We're not surprised or shocked that earthquakes come in Southern California. We know that they are there. And when they do come, none of us think that while our world is shaking, that it's going to be like that forever. Because we know. We know that earthquakes only last for a brief time. They will pass. They don't last. Now this, earth, this current crisis will pass, and we'll get through it. Pandemics are nothing new to our world. There have been about 20 pandemics since the death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This means that in 2,000 years, we've had 20 different crises like we are facing today. This isn't something new. The worst was the Black Plague with over 200 million deaths. It, too, came to pass. National crises in America are nothing new. Between the enactment of the National Emergencies Act in 1976 through March the 13th of 2020, there have been 61 national emergencies that have been declared. This means that in 44 years, we have, been, we have had 61 national emergencies. Please understand that, that I'm not minimizing the seriousness of our present crisis. I'm not making light of people suffering. People are suffering. Tragedy is happening through this virus. People are dying. People are grieving over the loss of loved ones. The crisis is very real. It has touched every one of us. And we should follow the advice of our authorities in protecting ourselves and staying at home. The point I am making is this, that we know Here's what we know. It won't last. It will pass. What we know gives us hope and make us firm. Do you know why we have sickness in our world? Why we have pandemics and national emergencies? Why our world can be rocked in one phone call when a police chaplain knocks on your door and says, I have some sad news to tell you? Do you see, we live in a broken world. All the systems of the world are broken. Even our weather is broken. Our economy certainly is broken. Governments are broken. They're up and down. There is no natural system in our world that works perfectly. And my friend, in your life, your, your plans are broken. My plans are broken. Marriages break apart. Relationships suffer brokenness. Businesses go broke. Your body is broken. <laughs> My body is a testimony that I live in a fallen world. My body doesn't work perfectly, and neither does yours. 
how did God, our creator, let this happen? The answer is that he didn't choose to create a broken world. But he gave us a free will. And in our free will, we get to choose to trust God or, rail, or, excuse me, or rebel against God. Listen, there are consequences when we rebel against God. Isaiah, the prophet said in chapter 24, verse 5, the earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted God's instructions and violated his laws and have broken his everlasting covenant. Therefore, a curse consumes the earth. Down to verse 19, the earth, excuse me, the earth is utterly broken. Our world now is a broken environment. It's filled with confusion, and we are experiencing isolation. Even evil things happen in our world because we have rebelled against Almighty God. You may say, well, why did God allow sin and evil? Because God allowed us to have a free will. We get to choose. And God could eliminate all sin and all evil by getting rid of us. You see, plants and animals are not causing the evil. We are. Our selfishness, our self-centeredness is a source of sin and the brokenness that we find in our world. Listen, it isn't the end. It will pass. Revelation says that even the present broken world will one day pass. This too, this broken world shall pass, and God will give us a perfect world. And we say amen to that. But for now, as Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 17, he says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our, ga our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things Paul says we see now will soon be gone. But the things we cannot soon cannot see will last forever. Listen, my friend. Tragically, some will face death because of COVID-19. But as a believer, we know that sickness and death will pass. We know that death is really a passageway for us to get to our eternal home, a place called heaven. You see, this is why death does not intimidate us. Because of what we know, we have hope even in the face of death. This crisis will pass, and together we will get through. Number two, let's keep your focus on what we know is unchangeable, not the variables. Our future can be uncertain. The upcoming week is unknown to us. There are a lot of things in life that can change. Let's choose to focus on that which changes not. When I get on a boat on the ocean, I get seasick really easy. 
But if I fix my sight on the land, that which doesn't move, it helps me to not get sick. You see, the key to remain calm and stable in a crisis is to focus on the unchangeable truth. When everything around us is uncertain and unknown, we can get lost and wrapped up in that. You say, well, what are the unchangeable truths that would help us as believers to go through this present crisis? Let me give you seven real quickly. These are unchangeable truths about God. So fix our vision, our focus on him and who he is. And what God always see, sees what I'm going through. He knows. Number two, God cares about everything that I am going through. He really does. Number three, God has the power to change what I'm going through. He answers prayers. Number four, God always acts out of his goodness to me. Always. Number five, God's plan is better than my plans. Number six, God will never stop loving me. Never. And listen, believer, the last one, I cannot lose my salvation once I put my trust in Jesus Christ. That is a sure anchor. God will never change my address in heaven. I'm eternally locked in to the family of God of what Christ has done for me on the cross. You see, these are truths that we know as believers that are unchangeable, that help us get through the times, whatever we're going through. Keep your focus on that which changes not. God is for you, not against you. And no matter what, God will be with you in whatever you will go through. You're never alone. Listen, this doesn't mean that you'll feel God all the time. God is not just a feeling. God is a person. And the truth is that, that we know that he promises that he'll be right there with us. Get this. God has never been closer to you than he is right now. And he will never be farther away from you than he is right now. Isaiah 43, again, that prophet said, God says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. Knowing that God is with us, our worry turns into worship. Our fears turn into faith. Our, torm our turmoil into trusting. Our anxiety becomes adoration. We know that God is with us. The third thing that we must know to help us during this present crisis, we know this is not the end of the story, my friend. This is not the end. Paul says it like this in 2 Corinthians 4. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God 
and not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, Paul says, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not are driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Paul says in, in, later in verse 19, he says, We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. The other night when Cindy and I was sitting on the deck watching the sunset and darkness overtook us, we knew that the sun would rise up in a few hours and drive the darkness away. Darkness is the absence of light. And we know the unchangeable truth that God is there with us always. And we know that this isn't the end of the story as it wasn't the end of the story of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus rose again from the grave and he's coming back soon. And next Sunday, we get to celebrate Easter. And I hope you plan to join us for the Easter service. We'll be online. We're going to be preaching about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. This is the perfect hope that is in knowing who Jesus Christ is and knowing him personally. There is perfect hope in that. And what this all means, that this isn't the end of the story and that no matter how bad things, no matter how bad this chapter in life reads, when we turn the next chapter, we know that we win. And if COVID-19 takes our life, we know what the next chapter reads. It says that we'll be better than ever. As a believer, we step up through death. For those who choose to reject the good news Jesus saves, there is no hope. It is a step down. We know this isn't the end of the story. And we know that God wants to use such a time as this to help others. This is the last point I want to make. That God wants us to be used by him to help others in such a time as this. As we sat on the deck and we watched the darkness come on, something extraordinary happened. First, the stars started to pop out. You know, they were there the whole time, but we couldn't see them until darkness arrived. Listen, God, who is a merciful God, and he wants to redeem this broken world, allows the darkness to come so that those who have real hope, the answer to life will shine. The stars point to the glory of God 
and we are attracted to them. My friend, as you shine in this dark time, you will be attractive to those who are lost, those who are fearful and have no hope. So my friend, let us stand out among this present dark canvas. thousand years ago, the Black Plague, the bubonic plague, ran through the Roman Empire. Nobody knew the cause of it. They certainly didn't know about the virus. They didn't know about the bacteria. They didn't know about the infections. They didn't have any of the scientific tools we have today. And millions and millions of people were dying in the cities. It was called the Black Plague. All of the people began to flee the cities, thinking that maybe the cities were causing the plague. You know what the Christians did? The Christians, they actually moved into the cities to take care of the sick. And that's how the Roman Empire was converted. They looked at them and they said, see how they love one another. And it is in that environment that we, the church, invented the hospital. Hospital wasn't invented by government. It was invented by the church. Listen, because Jesus gave us a preaching and teaching and healing faith, he cares about the mind, body, and the soul. And we know that God wants to use you and I during this time of great darkness. You ask, what would that look like? Well, I think each of us have to, to ask God that and be ready to give an answer for the hope that you know it is in you because God dwells in us. It might be something like sewing a mask or a hospital gown or calling people or reaching out to your neighbor, asking how you can help them. Perhaps it's going to the grocery store for the elderly, certainly praying for another, and doing this under the stay-at-home, you know, authority rule that is present with us. But we can still shine. We just need to be ready as we know that God wants us to shine like the stars in the darkest part of the night. You know, one more thing. Going back to the deck as Cindy and I watched the stars come up out. We were being oohed and awed about the, the night sky. It was just gorgeous. And, and we heard a noise under the deck. I went to investigate and realized it was a skunk. This skunk had came out from under our deck. And we could have easily let that stinky skunk derail the moment of the night. Get our focus off the beauty of the moment, the majestic sky that loomed before us. What I'm saying is don't let the skunks come out during our present crisis and distract you from what you know to be true. Don't let all the, the bad news and the things that keep you down and burdened and depressed Keep you from missing what God is doing 
and how he wants to use you. Take your eyes off of what is down and look up to the glory of God. He is still the King of kings and Lord of lords. He is still at work. He is still allowing the stars to shine in in the deepest, darkest moment of the night. What you know will keep you firm and stable. And what you know will give you hope. I'd like to pray. Heavenly Father, you are the sovereign Lord for the universe. You reign over the stars at night. Your kingdom reigns in your universe. From the heaven of heavens to the smallest cell in our world. You're the king of kings and you are our Lord and you reign over all. And our hope is built on you, our eternally unmovable, unchangeable, solid rock. And we, like Paul, pray, as he did in Romans 15, that you are the source and the only source of hope for us. That you will fill us completely with your joy and peace because of our trust in Jesus Christ. Then we will overflow with confidence and hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, we praise you for what you have done and will do in us and through us during this present crisis. And in the living, resurrected Jesus Christ, we say, amen. Please join us as we sing about the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And I pray, my friend, that he is your rock. And if you've not received him right now, this moment, you can pray and say, Lord, I want to make you my hope, my rock, my savior, believing and trusting what you did for me on the cross of Calvary. Just a simple prayer. Father, forgive me. For I am a sinner, and I receive you in your life into my heart. Forgive me all my sin. Make me a child of God through Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. We're praying for you. We're here for you if you need us. Let's sing.
Yeah. 